You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey Burley Church Online, uh, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you're watching this, it's uh, great and amazing that we can connect this way. So I um, hope you're doing okay. Uh, we're praying for you guys. Um, and please let us know anything that is going on. Please let us know in the comment section or by emailing or however that works to best communicate with us. We want to be praying uh, for the hard stuff. And we want to be praising God for the good stuff that's going on. So just let us know either way. We want to hear from you. I want to talk about a word today, kindness. <laughs> it's a funny word as I looked through this series and looked at kindness. It's one of these words I can't really remember spending a lot of time praying for. Uh, As a young man, I can remember praying for a job. I can remember praying for a wife. I can remember praying for stuff. I can remember praying for safety. I remember praying when problems would arise that they'd go away. But I can't recall many times getting on my knees and saying, break me, Lord, for what breaks you. Give me kindness. Give me more ever-increasing kindness. And to me, it's just an opinion. But I think the reason that was for me is I feel like kindness can make me cringe a little. It can actually sometimes I think of the fakeness or the forceness or the artificialness of kindness and how it can be. In a world where everybody is selling something. Um, again, again, to reference last week's sermon, in a world that everyone's trying to control, everyone's trying to manipulate something to their advantage, sometimes when you come across, whether it be genuine, authentic kindness, I don't know about you, but I get a little bit suspicious. <laughs> I think, what do they want? And like those people that stand in the middle of the shopping center and you walk past them and they go, oh, what beautiful kids, kindness. And you go, oh, oh, you're selling me a lottery ticket for a prize home. <laughs> you don't think my kids are beautiful. You just want me to buy something. Or the, or even people in churches. I've had people come into this community and they smile and they're usually the ones that use the word pastor this, pastor that, pastor this. Um, and they might be visiting. And then 10 minutes after the service finishes, they're the type I'll get an email from with some crazy venom and nasty stuff. Uh, they perceived kindness but it only ran about this deep. Maybe I'm a little bit cynical though, but I reckon we've all had experiences with this type of kindness. I I think in our current culture, we definitely would have been exposed to this artificialness, this, this act. Those that are doing something to get us to do something else. Those that want us to buy something, those that want to, to us to agree, want us to agree with them, sometimes they're kind to hide their own insecurities. But there's a motive, there's a reason. Then the flip side, to talk about the world for a moment, we're met with this whole online experience where people dropped the act as soon as they get home, as soon as they're behind a computer or behind a steering wheel, they drop the act, and then we see the true colours. We see outrage, we see nastiness, we see fits of anger, we see name-calling, we see people trying to get people cancelled, trying to actively destroy people's lives. So there's this tension today. All this, and we haven't even got into the biblical meaning of kindness, but there's this tension around outrage of the flesh and manipulative sort of performing sort of kindness. 
And this is exactly why we've called this series Cultivating. Because this series is not asking you to fake or perform the fruits of the Spirit. In fact, it's an invitation to deep, to deep, to dig deeper into the Spirit, into what it's doing in you and through you, and to produce something far deeper, far more impactful that will get um, that we'll get into in the moment. But first, a couple of announcements before we get into this word kindness. So, firstly. Church services, we're running some sporadic sort of church services. We can only have max 50. Um, if you want to be a part of this community, if, you have, if you've never been to church, if you found us online, if you live close enough and you want to come and visit and be part of this and do have communion and fellowship together, then email admin at bcc.org.au. We'd love to get back to you and, and, and include you in some of the in-service gatherings. The second thing I'd love you to do is if you've been enjoying this series, no matter who you are, click subscribe and share it. It is too easy to invite people to listen to this message or hear the testimony or whatever it is. It's too easy these days. You don't have to get people out of bed. You don't have to get them in the car. You don't have to get them to walk into a place they've never been in before. You just need to send them the link. And so can I encourage that if you've been enjoying the ministry out of this online presence, Share it round. Share it to the grandkids. Share it to the uncles and aunties. Share it to the grandparents. Share it to the parents. Share it to the kids. Share it to the co-workers. If you've been feeling that God's in this and he's doing something, share, share, share. And then lastly, we talked about this in the last few weeks. If you would, if you see the ministry in this, we are, if you don't know much about our church, you've just joined us online. We are a small, humble community, but we've found a direction that doesn't replace the Sunday, but enhances what we're doing as a ministry, and that's this online. And we found it to be quite fruitful. And so if you are watching, wherever you're from, if you've been enjoying this ministry, the details will come up below, and we'd love in some way for you to pray about supporting the work of this local church. If you're joining us and you go to another church, then please don't stop your commitment to them. But maybe you feel like there's something above and beyond that that you'd like, small or big, to contribute to this community as we come into this next season and continue to do this ministry online. So let's have a look. There are my announcements. Let's have a look at this central passage of this series as we look at cultivating or what it looks like to cultivate kindness. Let me read Galatians 5, 16, 26. We should have this memorized by now. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. They're opposing. And the desires of the flesh are against, sorry, the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other. They keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. They're the easy stuff, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, immunity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, causing division, being angry, being jealous, causing problems. That is so basic. <laughs> Envy, drunkenness, orgies. It's so, that's the, that's the stuff to be tempted by that, to want to produce that takes no effort. And things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We haven't gone into that part, but that's heavy when you think about that. 
will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those that go down that fleshly path, that pretty interesting. But the fruit of the spirit instead is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That's what we're talking about here, keeping in step with the Spirit. The Spirit's already with us if we accepted Jesus, if we know him, he walks with us. Our job is not to perform, not to fake it. It's to keep in step. Or Romans, uh, not Romans, John 15 says, remain in him. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Again, we're all on the journey. Some of us are producing different things. Let's not provoke and envy one another. Let's encourage towards keeping in step with the spirit. So the deep work of cultivating kindness. Three encouragements from scripture around preparing the soil, watering the ground, and producing a kindness tree, if you will. Here we go. So my first encouragement when you're looking at producing the fruit of the Spirit, in particular, kindness, I've got this saying. I want to say it. Retire the captain. In brackets, you're not the ultimate authority. Let me say that again. First encouragement, number one, is retire the captain. In brackets, You're not the ultimate authority. What do I mean by this? Well, let me try to explain. As a teenager, one could imagine that there were some inklings in me that maybe leadership was something that would be within capacity for me. Um, That maybe one day, but as a teenager and a young adult, that also came with a (laughs) um, overwhelmingly, I guess you say, dark side or or weakness. You say, I was as a teenager, I was extremely selfish, hormonal, awkward. Um, uh, I just wanted what I wanted. Um, most teenagers, you'd say. Um, so I'd give my parents a fair bit of grief, most teenagers. My poor siblings, though, as I would boss them around as the eldest child. I would do what I wanted to do, and if not, I'd let you know that I wasn't getting what I want. Now, I've not completely wiped some of this. I still have my own issues. If you ask my wife, she may testify to you that I still got a bit sulky when I don't get what I want. (laughs) But there was one phrase my father used to say in my teenage, young adult years that would, oh, bug me because it was accurate. He'd say, Steve, retire the captain, mate. Retire the captain. (laughs) And my dad was essentially saying, Steve, young Steve, you're not the boss. Calm down. It's not all up to you. Not everyone, not your siblings, not your parents have to agree with you, mate. Or do what you want. <laughs> even if I, even, even as I say that phrase and think back to that lesson, I laugh to myself because I still need to work on this and I'll probably have to forever. But weirdly enough, this phrase, I think, is the perfect first encouragement for cultivating kindness. Retire the captain, church. Let me explain with another section of Jesus' teaching. In Luke 6.32, he says this, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that for you? 
For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good for those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even cinemas, cinemas, even cinemas and sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But notice that that's basic. Sure, love someone that loves you. That is the deal. That's easy. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you'll be sons of the Most High. We'll start to look like Jesus. We'll start to produce his fruit. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus encouraging his disciples, those listening here, um, to lend or essentially give without expecting something back. To love those that are really mean and don't love you back. To be kind to those and show nothing that show nothing back. He's saying, don't do things. Everyone in the world does things to get something. Christians, follower Jesus, followers of Jesus, you can walk differently. To be kind when we know they're not going to be kind back. You know this, but it is profound and it is challenging. Well, for me at least. And I think that's why important we can't just say, well, go be, go, like we said, you can't just love and not get love in return. We have to ask why. Why would Jesus ask us or how could we do that better? Well, let's keep pushing into this and hopefully this unpacks. Because it's only human nature. If I lend someone $10,000, I'll tell you a secret. I'd like it back. <laughs> if I'm kind to someone, I'll tell you a secret. I'd actually like them to be kind back. So what does Jesus want from us? Why, why, why is he pushing this point? Well, we can get an idea from this passage, this second half of this passage, where it says, judge not or you'll be judged. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Side note, this bit of, this bit of the Bible is often taken out of context, and we're going to explain its actual context. This part is not saying, careful, don't ever make a judgment. I don't I buy my favorite food sometimes. I choose to obey the road rules. I don't walk down dark alleys at midnight because I make sound wise judgments. They're judgments. We're allowed to make judgments. That is saying don't ever look at something and go that looks like the preferred option. That's not what it says. This passage is saying, don't ever, it's not telling you not to make a sound judgment. It's talking about a position or posture. It's saying you're not the judge. You're not the ultimate authority. You're not the harborer of judgment. You're not the forgiver of sins. You're not the all-knowing. You're not the all-powerful. No matter your success. And I don't mean to... 
um, if you don't know Jesus in this and you're just listening into it, I don't mean to belittle you. It's just a fact. You're not God. No matter your degree, your success, your experience, no matter how many tickets you have on yourself, you're human. And you stand under God. That's what it means to stand under the king. You too will feel, fall short. You too have fell short. I have fell short. Very short. So when someone rips you off or someone is nasty in your face, you're allowed to be sad. But it's not your in your place. It's not your role to fix them, get them, or judge them. As my dad says, retire the captain. <laughs> because that's God. You can still be kind. Retire the captain. It's not your job to get them. It's not your job to make them pay. It's not your job to manipulate. You're actually free. How good is that? You're actually free from that responsibility. You're just free to be kind. The same thing keeps coming up and it will continue to week after week. The fruit of the flesh is so much about control, the need to be God. It's the number one first sin. Hey, do you guys want to be like God, Adam and Eve? You're not. But that's actually freeing. I don't want to be God. Thank goodness. You should all thank good. You should all your nightly prayer should be thanking that your pastor's not God. Thanking God that you're not God. You're free to just be kind. You're free to be kind no matter what. So this gets deeper. Stay with me. This gets deeper. Because here's the next bit I would be asking, and maybe you are today. What if you're in an abusive relationship? What if you're being bullied? What if in your close community, your friend or family or some in your small table has an addiction, has an issue that's consuming their life? Are you meant to? Think about this. Is, am I saying, is the Bible saying that you're meant to hand them money every time they ask, even if you know there's a gambling addiction? Are you meant to continue to accept to be abused? by a partner or a sibling or someone in your community? Is leadership here as a church meant to go when they hear things? Oh, that's okay. You can continue to act that way because we are showing kindness because we're not the harbours of judgment. Well, the answer is no, but let me read again. Proverbs 31, 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Associating wisdom with kindness. She is wisdom. Wisdom is explained as a, as a woman in Proverbs. She. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Proverbs eleven seventeen. Again, talking there's this connection between wisdom and kindness. Matthew 18, 6-7 says this, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for them to have a great millstone fastened around their neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptation comes, but woe to the one whom the temptation comes from, or whom the temptation comes. The Bible here, and this is important, strongly links kindness to wisdom. 
and discipline to kindness. As spoken about before in other messages, Jesus, when he spoke about children, he met children. Funny enough, but he also referenced his disciples many times to like children. He was speaking about both. And so when he talks about um, this idea of enabling or bringing disciples into temptation or allowing them to continue, there is an element of kindness that isn't always nice. What do I mean by this if you're not following? Well, I said this before, but my kids would love pizza every night for dinner and they would dream of follow-up of ice cream and lollies. They ask that nearly every night. Pizza tonight, Dad? (laughs) Is it kind for me if I was to go, yes, of course, here's more pizza? No, that'd be really sick. No, I'd be causing them great harm, their development, if I let them eat whatever they want every night. So my second encouragement, number one was retire the captain. Number two is kindness is not always nice. It is kind for someone in a small table who has fallen into some sort of temptation. So imagine you've got someone in your small group, your family, those that you've built relationship with is a fellow disciple. It is kind to pull them aside with kindness and work through some issues with them. It is actually kind for a wife of ongoing abuse to leave her husband. It's kind to the kids. It's weirdly kind to him because he himself is stuck. If they've tried things, if they've tried counselling, if they've tried to reconcile it and she continues to have abuse, it could be with prayer and hopefully their their community. It is kind for her to not be in that for him and, of course, for her and for the kids. It is kind for a family to stop funding or dishing out finance to support a loved one that isn't seeking help. Harsh. Now, these scenarios, even if I say them, they're messy, they're dirty, they're they're real. And they can actually only be discerned with God and his wisdom. And this is key, and relationship with the person. What do I mean by relationship? I mean, I've heard some people walk past a homeless person and say something like, tell me if you've heard this, I won't give it all goes only to drugs. Anyway, and they might be right. They might be wrong. That's not what I'm talking about, as in kindness isn't nice. That's not your job to decide. Your calling is kindness. Your calling is to listen to what God would have you to do in that situation. Whether you get something or wherever the money goes, your calling is kindness and discernment. Now, if you get to know them, built relationship, you worked with them, you grew with them and helped them find Jesus, then you may be tough in kindness because that's what we're called to be as the church or smaller community. So if you're like me at this point in the message, you may be a little confused or you might be pulled in attention. This is messy stuff because this stuff's icky. It's hard work. It's tiring. It is like digging deep in the soil. Really hard, actually, when you're talking about whether to enable a family member or friend 
or you're talking about someone who's consistently nasty and you're praying, should I show kindness or should I walk away? This is, this is everyday messy stuff. That's why my last encouragement is crucial. And if you hear nothing from this sermon, this is the most important. Three, for all of this to work, you must understand God's kindness to you. For all of what we've talked about, to have a balance between uh, kindness that doesn't expect something back that's produced out of the spirit, to have kindness that sometimes isn't always nice, real, honest, authentic in genuine relationship, to discern those, to be in that tension, to be able to give and build and grow that from the ground up, you must understand God's kindness to you. You cannot grow authentic, discerning, wise, wide and deep kindness unless you first understand the biblical example of this through God. You, while you were sinners, while you were broken, while you're still making mistakes, while you're still trying to be God, Christ died for you. Paving a way, building a bridge back to him, totally undeserved, totally grace-filled. It's only through understanding that everything we have, the breath in our lungs, the life we live, every blessing that we've been given to be kind with is because of God's kindness to you. Our eternal restoration, our ongoing transformation, even the fact that he'll do work with us, even the fact he'd be kind and allow us to grow Give us church community, encouragement, even in the hard times to grow. Even our billionth second chance is because of God and through Jesus. So it's only in remembering that daily. It's only in starting and ending your day in his kindness that this can work. We are not the judge. Retire the captain. God is the judge, (laughs) and aren't we glad? Sometimes in built relationships, kindness can be tough, but we remain in him, as John 15 says, and something can grow, some things are cut off. And aren't we glad we have him and the support of each other to work through that? And lastly, kindness is shown to us through God who gave it all. Know very well there'll be people in this world who reject it and don't want it, but it's a free gift for everyone. They probably want to be captain. They want control. That's okay. Well, that's their choice. We can't control them. Let's pray and I'll give you three questions. Father God, we just, a lot of information there, quite a few verses this morning, Lord, as we unpack, as we maybe dig up some things in us that have been, that have taken hold and don't produce fruit. I guess as we um, <laughs> we clear the ground, plow the ground for the uh, the uh, I guess the, the things of the flesh, Father, things of the flesh around being wanting to be in control, wanting to be the captain, around sometimes being scared to be hard with those we love so dearly, and realizing that is a form of kindness, and then thirdly, the wisdom and grace and the understanding, not from the world 
that we need to get everything we want, but that we have everything in you through your kindness. Give us a fresh, renewed understanding of that today, the day after, the day after. Give us practices to remain in you, to remember that always. Fill us afresh with that knowledge. May your spirit stir within our hearts and that we remember today again what you have done, who you are, and what that builds in us. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Three questions today and then just one more one more thought, sort of. In what ways do you sometimes try and fix or solve someone instead of just being kind? In what ways do you sometimes try to solve people or fix all their problems instead of just being kind? In what ways do you need to retire the captain, as my dad would say? Do you have people in your life that have invitation to give tough kindness? What I mean is it's not for everyone. It's not your job to come up to someone across the room in the church that you don't know, that you've never talked to or you barely have built relationship with and say, I don't like that. Not your job. But do you have people that are trusted community, small table, small table, small table, small table, that are allowed to say to you, hey, mate, that seems dangerous. Hey, buddy. Hey, friend. I'm worried about you. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but I'm worried about this area. Do you have people that are allowed? Not are you allowed to speak into others? That's not the best question. The the best question is, do you have people that can speak into you? Because it's part of the walk. It's part of what church is. And number three, what ways do you remember or remain in God daily? Renewing your understanding of him, his kindness and love. They're my three questions discuss over the phone, on your small group, forum, uh, online, in person, however it works for you. Discuss that with just another person or a group of people. That'd be great. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, look, I just want to, one more thing. We're serious about the future here, church. We are so excited about Burley and, and what God has been doing, even in these tough times. But seriously, we have now done four messages on cultivating spiritual fruit and that's probably the equivalent of what if it preach half an hour each time that's a couple of hours of teaching i don't want to teach these things unless they're helpful i don't want to encourage unless we're encouraged to do something not under the law not go and produce things as we talked about but i want to know we want to know as leadership and each other want to know how are you been cultivating In the last four messages, what has stood out to you? What's it doing in you? What have you changed? What are some habits you're trying? What are some practices or hot tips for cultivating a deep spiritual walk with God? We have some ways you can do that and we would love to. This is an invitation. We'd love to hear from you. I know you have your small tables, but we'd love to encourage each other as a church on what's going on. And so we have a Facebook group called We Gather. If you're not in that, again, email us, admin at bcc.org.au. We have that email I just gave you. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a phone. <laughs> we are meeting in smaller like sections across the Sundays. Come talk to us. Come tell the leaders. Come tell each other of what has changed in the last four weeks in you. What are you trying? What are you practicing? We honestly want to know. 
You never know that you saying, hey, I've had a go at this, it was tough, but I really found that this type of thing was really helpful. You never know who that outside that could encourage in our church. That's literally what this is all about. It is not just about information time with Steve. It is transformation time for this church. So help us out, post. Uh, do it creatively, whether it's a picture on Instagram and something that represents a practice you've been taking. Don't know what it looks like, but I'd love to see what you come up with. Hey, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time.